0: Well, hello, church. Good to be with you. Glad to be back after traveling some uh, last week down in Ecuador. Appreciate uh, Rebecca's communion meditation. I'm most impressed, though, with her ability to say the word sesquicentennial just without, without even pausing. She just says it like it's a normal everyday word. Uh, you try it sometime. It's harder than you think to get that word out. Sesquicentennial. I had to practice like 20 times just so I would say it right uh, up here. Uh, we're continuing our series, Life on Mission. How do we navigate a life on mission with Jesus Christ? And, and, um, and, and then the challenge of finding the direction, the guidance, the, the GPS that will help us navigate that course. As I was thinking about this series, I was thinking there's something perfect about the fact that uh, for us, uh, the remembrance of Veterans Day follows right in the middle of this series, Life on on mission because who more embodies that of a group of people who have just said it wasn't my mission it's somebody else's mission but okay I'll go you you point me in that direction and I'll follow a life on mission And I thought it might be uh, appropriate today for us to begin our time uh, by a a prayer and a prayer of gratitude for those of who are here who are veterans or serving uh, now and if that's you if you would stand up so we can pray gratitude for you we'd appreciate that if you would. All right. Thank you. Let's pray. God, we do come before you grateful uh, mostly for what you've done, but we are wise to know that much of what you've done for us, you've done through the sacrifice of others. And so we're grateful for those who have made those sacrifices. Uh, We think about how Many veterans and those serving today have interrupted their lives, gone where they wouldn't otherwise wanted to go, followed missions they wouldn't have otherwise wanted to follow so that we could live our lives uninterrupted we could go where we wanted to go and follow the paths we wanted to follow. And so we just come now before you, God, so grateful for these many people here and many that are in our hearts and prayers elsewhere, many serving even now, who have made this choice on our behalf. We pray this gratitude through the name of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Oh, one more thing I am supposed to remember. We have our last of our riveting, exciting bylaws meeting coming up November 19th. Best entertainment money can buy. The price is right. They are absolutely free. Uh, if you can't make it to that meeting and you want your own private bylaws meetings, we'll do that for you too. Just give the call at the church office. We'll have somebody meet you and uh, give you a copy. And they'll be available next week uh, here at church uh, for those of you uh, that can't make it to all those super exciting bylaws meetings. So we wanna make sure anybody who's got questions has time to ask them. And it's been great too. Thanks to all of you who have come. Uh, we've gotten some great questions and even a few places where we're gonna be able to clarify some of our language because of the good questions people have asked. So thank you, uh, thank you for that. All right, so we're working through this series, Life on Mission. We started by reminding ourselves what the mission is. The mission is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. That's the mission, to be a missionary church sent out to those who don't yet know the hope and love of Jesus Christ. And then from there, we talked about that if we're going to be a missionary church, we're constantly having to try new things and evaluate, reevaluate the old things to make sure the old things are still doing the mission that never changes. And we said that this is a church. We just want to be a church that's always trying stuff. It won't always be the same stuff, it might be old stuff, it might be new stuff but we're going to use our best judgment, prayer, and wisdom, and discernment, and we're just going to try things and look for the flavor of blessing in God, and sometimes we'll, we'll try a new thing, and it will become the new thing, and we'll just keep doing it 20, 30, 40 years, and sometimes we'll try a new thing, and it'll have a season, and then we'll go try something else, and that, that thing won't be what we keep trying. Uh, one example of this for us recently is uh, we tried a new uh, time and model for service on Sunday nights, and it's done a lot of the new stuff. We hoped it would. We reached a lot of new people. We've had a lot of people coming in our doors uh, through that service. But it is in the category of a thing we're going to try for a season and then go try uh, something else. Uh, we're letting you know today that this month uh, will uh, be our last service for that uh, service. It's going to be next weekend, November 17th. Uh, in a lot of ways, I am sad about this. I loved the Sunday night service. It was, for me, one of my favorite ways to end the weekend by just worshiping one more time to thank God for all we've done. It was definitely my second favorite service of the weekend. You all obviously were my favorite, of course, but, but it was my second favorite, uh, and I loved being there, and I loved the people that we were reaching. Uh, however, uh, the Sunday night service did not get the critical mass it needed to be self-sustaining, which meant that it continues to be mainly supported by our Sunday morning volunteer teams who are pulling double duty. And that's just not long-term sustainable for a church. It wears out your volunteers. It burdens people with a burden they can't bear. Uh, and so we're glad we tried it. We've we got about, I don't know, 40 new people here uh, kicking around every once in a while. that like We met through that service, so thank you, welcome. We're glad you're here. Um, but uh, we're gonna keep trying new stuff. Don't worry, we're not done trying stuff. I don't know what the next thing will be. Well, it'll be something because uh, we're committed to reaching lots of people, so we'll keep trying new stuff. And then last week in our series, we talked about this really remarkable truth, that the missionary mandate for the whole church is also true about each one of us individually. Uh, Adam and Janet did a great job last week talking about the biblical principle of the priesthood of all believers, that every single one of us all of us are called to be a missionary people on mission with God. That every one of us is called into that role, that holy role of the priest connecting God with the people God loves. And maybe in the past that was a special group of people or a special category of people, but now it is all of us. Which means that all of us, once we get our tongue unstuck from the roof of our mouth, need to learn how to say this sentence. I am a missionary. I know it sounds like crazy for some of us to think that that could be true, but it's true. I am a missionary. You need to learn how to say that sentence, and then we need to learn the second half, and my mission field is, And wouldn't it be cool to know what went in that blank? Like, that'd be pretty cool, right? See, here's what it takes to be a missionary effective for Jesus Christ. It takes clarity, and it takes conviction. It takes clarity about what your mission field is, about where God is sending you, about how God is calling you to serve on behalf of Christ's kingdom. Because if you don't have that kind of clarity, you don't know what to do every day when you wake up. But it also takes conviction. It takes the decision to be obedient to God's call to actually go and serve and meet lost people and reach out to those far from God and speak the truth of God's word. Clarity and conviction. I hope that maybe over this series, the conviction part of that is already building in you. Maybe these last few weeks together have just reminded you and helped you to gain a boldness in your spirit that we are meant to be a missionary people, that we are meant to be able to say this sentence aloud, I am a missionary and my mission field is, and we're meant to know the end of that sentence. But maybe where you're struggling is clarity. The conviction is growing, you feel like you're ready to go on behalf of Christ, you're just not sure where to go. Well, I want to suggest that if what you need is clarity, that there are three biblical lenses that that you might look through, and where those three intersect, you might have a good sense of clarity about your mission. In fact, this is why we called the series GPS, because if you want clarity about your mission, you need to follow. The GPS. The G is for God's gifts through you. If you want clarity about your mission, you need to know how has God gifted me to serve? The P is for God's priorities for you. What is it that God cares about and you care about? What is it that breaks God's heart that also breaks your heart? What is it that, that, that you know, when God's passion is also in you? What's, what are God's priorities that God has put in your heart? And the S is for your story. What is God's story in you? You know how that happens, right? Some of you have a mission field opened up to you because of some part of your past. Maybe you experienced great grief, and now you're able to minister to those who are grieving. Or maybe you've suffered greatly, and now you can minister to those who suffer. And I really believe that these three together, God's gifts through you, God's priorities for you, God's story in you, these three together can give each one of us clarity about the mission that God is calling us. Now, if some of you are wondering, is it possible that he named this series GPS and we did all this logo and all this whatnot just for the punchline of those three words in the fourth sermon? Yes, that's exactly what we did. The whole thing for that punchline. Because I really want you to remember that I think many of us suffer. We are are, are limited in our missionary commitment to Christ because we don't know where to go. And I think those three things will tell you where to go. God's gifts through you. God's priorities for you, and God's story in you. Today, we're going to talk about two of them, God's gifts and God's priorities. And what you're going to see is that the intersection of those two things will tell you a lot about your mission field. If I could summarize this whole sermon into one simple question, it'd be like this. Think about this question for your life. What does God want done that you can do? That's it. God's priorities, your gifts. What is it in the the great big world of stuff that God wants done? And there's a lot of stuff God wants done. In the great big world of stuff that God wants done, what what, what can you do? You probably can't do all of it, but I know you can do some of it. And you figure out the answer to that question. What is it God wants done that you can do? Well, you'll know a lot about the mission field that God is sending you as a missionary into. Let's talk first about God's gifts through you. Uh, the bible is just super clear all over the place uh, the bible reminds us of this truth that when god calls someone into the mission field and remember god calls all of us god equips them with the needed gifts so you may want to say i don't have any gifts that can be used for god's mission field i'm not sure i'm gifted as a missionary but when you say that you're speaking in defiance to what god says this is what god did for moses and jeremiah and david and mary it's what god did for the apostles Jesus says, you're not going to know what to say, or what to do, or where to go. That's all right. I'll tell you what to say. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you where to go. I will give you the gifts that you need to accomplish the mission that I've given for you to do. Probably the clearest teaching in Scripture we have about the gifts God gives us is in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul says this. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, I don't want you to be uninformed. He's like, there's some confusion about this, but I don't want any confusion. I want you to understand this. So he makes it real simple. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but it's the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it's the same God at work. And then here's this verse. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It's such a, it's, you get this, you've got the whole thing. To each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And then he goes on, and he's got a list of all different kinds of gifts. And you can go look at that, look in 1 Corinthians 12, and you can read about all those gifts. But but the, the central thing we've got to get is this principle. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. And Paul says, I'm writing you this because I want you to understand it. And yet... Spiritual gifts is one of the areas of greatest confusion in the church. People act like this is this big chaotic mystery and denominations fight about it and people get confused about it. I just think that would break Paul's heart because he says right there, I want people to understand this. And I really don't think it's that complicated. In fact, in my effort to to try to understand what Paul was saying and try to help other people understand what Paul was saying, uh, 27 years ago, I wrote a play to explain spiritual gifts. I've been performing this play throughout my entire ministry, all over the country, lots of different churches. And since you asked, yes, I will perform it for you right this minute. Some of you at this point, you think that was the joke. No, I'm actually going to perform a play right now. Okay, so here we go. Uh, This is a play to explain what Paul is trying to say. Okay, so Susie is having a birthday party. And Susie's very excited about this party and she's eager uh, for the party. And so she's standing at the door waiting for the guests to arrive. Uh, The first guest to arrive is a kid named Johnny, and Johnny pulls up, and he gets out, and he runs across the yard, and he knocks on the door, and Susie opens the door, and Susie, who isn't super tactful, says, hi, Johnny, did you bring a gift? Again, not super tactful, like I said, and Johnny says, did I bring a gift? These shoes are a gift from my parents. This belt is a gift from my grandparents, and this jacket This is a gift I just gave myself to myself because myself deserved it. And he just walks right on in. And Susie is like, she doesn't even know. And she closes the door. A couple minutes later, Billy pulls up. And Billy jumps out of the car and he runs across the yard. And he's about to knock on the door when Billy's mom, over here, she reaches over and she rolls down the window. I'm sorry. I mean, she rolls down the window. For those of you who don't know why I did this, find somebody in the room with gray hair and they can explain to you why I did this when I mocked rolling down the window. But she she rolls down the window and she calls out, Billy, you forgot your gift. And so Billy runs back over, and Billy's mom reaches in the back of the car, and she says, and it's one of those bags with the crinkly paper on top. You know what I'm saying? And she says, here you go. I went to Target, where all good gifts come from, and this is your gift. It's exactly what she wants. And Billy grabs the gift, and he runs across the yard, and he knocks on the door, and Susie opens the door, and she says, hi, Billy. And again, not super taxable. She says, did you bring gifts? And he says, yes here is your gift. Is there any cake? And he runs on in because he's not super tactful either. Okay, so that moment where Billy is halfway between the car after his mom gives him the package and the door where he gives it to Susie, that is what it means to have a spiritual gift. That's what Paul is saying. Think with me for a second. Who is that gift from? Well, the name on the tag says from Billy. But we know better. It's really from Billy's mom, right? She's the one who went to Target from where all good gifts come and bought, out the, right, bought the right thing, right? Who is that gift for? Well, mom said, Billy, here is your gift. I mean, the, the gift was for Billy, but it was for Billy to give to Susie. I mean, it's really for Susie. It was picked out for Susie. And you see how what Paul is teaching us here, it eliminates pride. Billy can't say, oh, my goodness, I'm so good at this gift-giving thing. Like, oh, my goodness, my gifts are amazing. No, but Billy can't be proud of all that. It's his mom is the source of the gift. But it also eliminates greed. Imagine if Billy was halfway across the yard and just sat down there in the grass, ripped all the paper out, and started playing with the toy inside. So this is my gift. That's what you said, Mom. You said it was my gift, and so it must be for me. I have a feeling Billy's mom would do more than roll down the window if Billy started doing that. You know, Billy's mom would have something to say about that use of that gift because, yes, it was for Billy, but it was just for Billy to give. And this is what Paul teaches in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to everyone the spiritual gifts are given by the spirit they're from god and they're for the common good they're for god's mission so the question you're trying to ask is this what does god want to give through you We need to probably ask the question, God, what do you want to give to me? We need to ask that question a little bit less, don't we? And a little bit more often ask the question, God, what do you want to give through me? That's when we're beginning to ask a question about spiritual gifts. Because the promise of God's word is this. God will never let you show up to the party empty-handed. God will never do that. God will always send you to the party with gifts in hand. You just get to decide, are they gifts through you, gifts for someone else, or are they gifts for you, like Johnny, and you march on all in, all proud of your gifts. Clarity about your gifts will give you clarity about your mission field. If so be in conversation with God. God, what gifts do you want to give through me? Are the gifts of leadership or generosity or service or compassion or organization or helping or construction? What gifts has has God given you that you could give away? The second thing that's going to give you clarity about your mission field is God's priorities for you. Here we're asking the question, God, what do you care about that for some amazing reason I care about too? Because I'll just be clear, there's a lot of stuff I care about that I don't think God cares about that much. You know, I get bent out of shape of some stuff, and I'm just not sure where he's got. But right now, I want to ask a different question. What is the stuff you do care about that is the God stuff? It's the stuff God cares about. How do we know what God cares about? Well, we know God, what God cares about by reading God's word. Don't worry. I don't have time to go through everything, but here are a couple examples. Uh, Jesus shows up, his very first sermon, goes to Nazareth. It's his hometown. He goes in the Sabbath, grabs the scroll of Isaiah, and he starts to read, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free. free, To announce the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus says, this is what I'm about. He says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So those are some of God's priorities. What of that gets you excited? Are you excited about taking good news to the poor or freedom to captives? helping blind people see again, set the oppressed free, or just announcing to the world that the favor of God is now upon us and hope is real and life is possible? What gets you excited? Or maybe you remember Matthew 18 where Jesus says, what do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look after the one that's wandered off? And if he finds it truly, I tell you, he's happier about the one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. You want to get dialed into the priorities of God. God says, "I care as passionately about one who is lost as I do in 99 who are found." You, does, that, does that do anything in your heart? Is that where your heart is? Or are you broken for those who face death without hope? Maybe, maybe if that is where your heart breaks, maybe that's a mission field. Maybe that's a calling on you, and your life. And you know it because it's your passion and God's passion lined up together. Or Jesus, you know, right there at the end, the verse we keep reading, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's, that's one of God's priorities. Does it, is it yours? You know, is there some part of you that resonates with that? We could look at other verses where God talks about caring for hungry people and widows and orphans where God talks about taking care of children and taking care of the elderly, where God talks about how much he loves families or how much he loves single people and how much he loves, he loves, he loves, he loves all these different kinds of people and how much he, I, I, I knew a guy um, who we were talking and I said, you know, do you have a sense? What is it that God loves that you love? And I didn't know what he was gonna say, but I wasn't expecting his answer. He said back to me, just, he just said, Macedonia. I said, what? He said, yeah, that's it, Macedonia. I said, well, God does love Macedonia, and and apparently you do too, so maybe you should be a missionary to Macedonia. Uh, and, And I thought that was pretty obvious. He acted like I'd had this big, you know, insight. He's like, you're right, maybe so. But that's the way it works. What is it you love that God loves? What is it God loves that you love? Where are your passions and your priorities aligned with God's? You can see how you can get some clarity by studying the priorities of God and asking God to ignite a passion in you. You also get some clarity the other way, right? You find out some things that your mission field can't be. When you're dialed into the priorities of God, you know my mission field can't be just hanging out with Christian friends and celebrating how saved we are. Now, that's obviously a good thing to hang out with Christian friends. That's wonderful. It's just not your mission field because it isn't you dialing in to the top priorities of God. Uh, For me, I would love it if one of God's passions was being mediocre at video games. Like, if that was God's passion, that is also my passion, I would know my mission field. Like, it would have been found. I am done. My mission field is there. But it turns out that's not God's passion. That's just my passion. So I know it's not my mission field. My mission field has got to be something else because it's at the intersection of what what I care about, what God has given in me to care about, and what God has declared as his priorities for our mission in the world. So don't cop out and just say, I care about everything God cares about. I mean, that's the Sunday school answer, I know. But I've met some of y'all. It's not true. You don't care about everything God cares about. But I know God has put a burden in some of your lives. Do you weep for the hungry? Well, so does God. Do you love your neighbors who have no hope? So does God. Do you care if maybe, maybe it is, it's a place, maybe Johnson City. I just, I'm just heartbroken. Or it's Washington County. Or it is a, it's a foreign country. Uh, or, or it's your workplace. Or maybe you're an educator and you're like, it's teenagers. I just, my heart breaks for teenagers or it's little kids or it's college students or whatever it is. That's, I'm just asking, who is it God loves? What is it God cares about that you find the spirit drawing you to care about as well? And then just wake up tomorrow morning and just say, okay, God, today I'm going to love the people that you love and you've called me to love. I'm just going to do it today, God. And I just need you to give me the gifts I need to accomplish this task. That is, that's, that's that's the way a missionary begins their day. And can you imagine how good you'd sleep that night? Wouldn't that be a great way to go to bed? I'd just say, God, it wasn't a perfect day, but I did today. I, I worked on something you care about today, God. I used every gift you've given me to try to love some people you love or solve a problem you care about or heal something that's broken or feed someone that's hungry. That's what I did today. I used the gifts you've given me to do something you care about. You find that intersection between God's gifts through you and God's priorities for you and you are a long way toward great clarity for your mission field. What are you good at? What do you care about that God cares about? What does God want done that you can do? It's Veterans Day. I mean, again, our armed forces are just exactly, this is exactly how they work, Right? they've got a mission, it's clear, they find out what you're good at, they're like, okay, great, that's your part of the mission, because that's what you're good at, and this is what we're trying to do, so there you go, we know what's your mission field, and, and you, you talk to veterans, and they all did, a, you know, you'll, you'll meet a veteran, and you're like, so did you fight? Well, no, I was a mechanic, I was a doctor, I was a medic, I flew planes, but they were all part of the one mission, because they all had different gifts, and, and that, that identified their mission field, and that's what, that's what, that's how God's mission works, too. We just wake up and say, okay, God, I'm a, I'm a missionary. You'll have to practice saying that. And I've got gifts, and you've got priorities, and where those meet God, that's my mission field. I want to introduce you to a guy named John who's figured this out a little bit. Here's a little bit of his story. I'm John Stevenson. I've been at First Christian for about two and a half years now, and I'm a missionary. All right, so it feels a little weird to say that. I know you're just practicing, but it's true. Uh, so tell us, what's your mission field, John? My mission field is the hungry in northeast Tennessee working with Second Harvest. All right, so today, John, we're talking in the message about how one of the ways we get clarity about our mission field is by the intersection between God's gifts that God has given through us and God's priorities. What does God care about for the world? And as I was prepping this message, I thought a lot about the lunch we had, maybe six months ago, where it felt like God was doing that. God was giving you some clarity about your gifts, but also God's priorities and how those two could kind of work together. So tell us about this mission field. How does it express those two things for you? Sure. Uh, The past several years at Eastman, I've really gained a lot of knowledge uh, on improving efficiency and management practices. And I thought, how could I use that to honor God? And so I thought about Second Harvest and feeding the hungry and, and volunteering my time. And So I approached Second Harvest to say, can I help you and in, in volunteer my time to help improve your management practices and be more efficient? All right, so you're good at organizing stuff and getting processes to work. And God cares about hungry people. And here's a way for the gifts God has given through you to leverage in connection with the priorities God has for the world. And all of a sudden, you've got a mission field. And I really think that's the way it works for almost all of us. All right, so just so you have a little more practice, tell us one more time who you are and tell us you're a missionary. I'm John Stevenson and I'm a missionary to the hungry. Good up for John Stevenson. <laughs> he, he, had he goes to this church. He knew he had some gifts, organizing stuff for Eastman. That's what he did. He made systems work better for Eastman. And he, he cared about something God cared about, feeding hungry people in our region. And he went and knocked on the door. He said, I've got a gift, I've got a passion. Is there, is there a mission field here? And sure enough, there was. And he's helping Second Harvest make their systems more efficient, save a lot of money, and feed a lot more people. Um, I, I think God wants that for you. I really believe God wants you to be able to just say this sentence boldly and proudly I figured out who I am, I'm a missionary. And my mission field is, and I think God wants you to know the end of that sentence. It's not going to be the same thing, different seasons in your life. We're going to talk next week about story and how your story determines and opens up mission opportunities and sometimes closes mission opportunities. But I I just really believe God wants you to have that kind of clarity. My invitation to you right now would just be to maybe begin a conversation with God. You see, in a couple weeks here in this service... Uh, we're going to have a chance for every person who's here to stand up, come forward and get prayed for and say those words. I'm a missionary and, and name their mission field. You might not have full clarity. You might say, I, I don't know exactly what it is, but it's got something to do with kids. I can just tell. Or it's got something to do with the lost people of Johnson City. Or it's got something to do with South America. or maybe you, maybe, Whatever it is, as, as much clarity as you've got, we're going to pray for you. And I really, again, this isn't for the few. This isn't like for 10 of us or 20 of us. It's for every single one of us. So the way I want to challenge you to prepare for that is to have a conversation with God. And it's real simple, and it just starts like this. It says, you know, God, I I think I'm a missionary, and I need some clarity about my mission field. And maybe you could ask God this question. God, what gifts do you want to give through me to the world that you love? Bible says you won't send me to the party empty-handed so so what is it you're going to put in my hands you know you're Billy walking across the lawn and you're not going to unwrap the gift but you're just going to peek through the paper just so you know what it is God has given you to give you're going to ask that God God, God, what gifts have do you want to give through me to the world that you love maybe you want to get some friends to help you ask somebody else what gifts do you think God has given through me before because I don't really feel like I've got anything Maybe they'll say, well, you're, you're super helpful, or you're smart, or you figure things out, or you pray really well. That's a spiritual gift listed in the Bible. You pray. The second question, I just want you to ask this question of God. Just make this part of your conversations. God, what are your priorities and passions for the world and, and that you have also made my priorities and passions? God, where, do, where does how you wired up me line up with what you care about most in the world? And would you just ignite that passion in me, make it burn really clear so I know what breaks your heart and breaks my heart both? I'll just tell you, I think you find the intersection between those two things, what God wants to do in the world and what you can do in the world. You find where those two things overlap. You've probably found your mission field. And then the only question left will be whether you have the conviction to stand up and say you're a missionary and start living like one. Let me pray for you. God, We're almost a little scared to even admit the truth that you have called us to be missionaries and that you want to give us a mission field in this world. But it is true, God. Your word says it again and again. So we just humbly come before you. And we ask this, would you over the next couple of weeks, would you give us, your gathered people, some clarity about the gifts we have in the world and how we can make a difference through them? Would you give us some clarity about how the passions you've put in our lives line up with your passions as declared in your word? So that we would, we just want to know the answer to this simple question, God, what is it that you want to do that we can do, and how could that be our mission field, God? I thank you for people like John who have figured it out and are on mission for you, who know that they're a missionary in your world. And I just pray that all the rest of us would have that same kind of clarity over these next few weeks. We're just asking for it and trusting you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.